You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With the third pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, the Houston Texans select Derek Stingley Jr., Defensive back, LSU. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Friday reacting to round one of the NFL draft. Looking forward here to the best plays for day two. Scott Smith, Action Network, Fantasy Pros, Mock Draft. DB is the 2018 most accurate NFL mock drafter. He joined us last week. He's back now on the Roman guest line. Scott, we uh, we spent so much time on round one and trying to figure out how this thing goes. What uh, what what surprised you the most last night in the first round of the draft? Yeah, I think uh, look the over and under for trades for the first round sat at five and a half, and you saw nine. So that that was an easy hit. But really, the big surprise to me was how far down Jermaine Johnson really slid within that first round. You know, the Jets were able to move back up and get them. So, for me, in the way the draft board fell, that would be the biggest surprise. Scott, I was taking a look at your mock draft yesterday, and uh, it looks like you did pretty well. You ended up landing on Hutchinson. A lot of people split in the last 48 hours before the draft on whether or not he would go two. And you also had Stingley at three. How did did you land uh, nailing that trifecta there, and what sort of odds did you get on a bet like that? Yeah, that was one of the, the bigger uh, hits for me yesterday. Uh, I actually got that line at plus 550, so I was able to cash out on that. Um, you know, I really think it just comes down to the way the NFL is kind of the landscape of the NFL with how important some of these uh, wide receivers and cornerbacks. You, you saw, you know, both Stingley and Gardner go go there. I think just the thing with Stingley, when you start looking at it and, and – and where Houston sat at, at three and then again at, at 13. I just thought that the drop-off after Stingley and Gardner was so big compared to what the drop-off there at, at tackle was going to be. And I, I thought, you know, if, if Houston wanted offensive line, like they were kind of rumored to with, with Aquano and a couple of other prospects, I thought they would be able to get that later on in the draft, which they did with uh, Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Good morning, Scott. Um, curious, which teams stand out to you who really won the draft yesterday? Well, I, I think uh, two big teams, and it just it's it's kind of funny because Baltimore always sits tight, and you see players just continue to fall and fall and fall. Ago. Yeah, you know, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton was a guy who, on most scouts and and you know some of the big media. They had him ranked within the top five as a top five prospect. He had a little bit slow, you know, time at the combine and even at his pro day. But if you look at the actual analytics, his own field time is in the upper 80th, 80th percentile for defensive backs with his play speed. So I think he's a player that that I was very impressed to see them go. And then they were linked all throughout this process, like to to go ahead and, and take Tyler Linderbaum at, at thirteen. I mean, at fourteen. And I thought that was a little bit early for Linderbaum to go, but for them to trade back 
pick up a pick and then move back and still get him at 25. I think that was a big win for Baltimore. Scott, what'd you make of the Eagles night trading up to get Jordan Davis and then cashing in the 18th pick to, uh, to land AJ Brown uh, to play wide receiver for him. Look, I, I think that's huge, especially the way that they, uh, they were able to land AJ Brown. You look at some of these other teams that were trading and, and moving up. I think especially you can kind of look at the saints, you know, the, the saints all in all ended up trading next year's first two thirds and a fourth just to end up with, with Chris Olave. When you can trade what the Eagles traded and still land a, a player to caliber, A.J. Brown, you know, some of the salary cap implications are going to kind of dictate some of that, but I think that's a huge win for the Eagles in the way they wanted to build and come out of this draft with a wide receiver. Scott, I have uh, your mock always in the list of sharper mocks that I monitor and check for the updates, and everybody had Malik Willis going 20 to Pittsburgh. So if you bet on the Steelers to take a quarterback first, you won your bet. But if you tried to match Malik Willis instead of Kenny Pickett, you ended up losing that bet. What did you think of the Steelers' process? A team, historically, they're not shy about letting people know when they love a player and then they're going to draft said player. Now, But they let the world know that they love Willis, but they go with the hometown boy and Pickett. Yeah, I think the big thing and, and part of the process that I got wrong on this particular pick because I was one of the ones that did believe they were going to go ahead and take Malik Willis, I think you just got to look at it. And really the Steelers and, and the University of Pittsburgh share some facilities as far as like their practices and stuff go. So they were in the building and had access to, to do the deepest dive on Kenny Pickett. So with the player that's been there over the last four or five years there in Pittsburgh and even with the small hands, there, he's played in the same atmosphere that he played in college. So I think really that their familiarization with him and just being able to, to be around him and maybe do a deeper dive on Kenny Pickett is the reason why he went to Pittsburgh over Malik Willis. Scott, we talked about some of the winners, but, you know, not to say losers. I think that's a little harsh. Anyway. But which team or teams stood out as, oh, uh, yeah, they might have gotten worse last night. <laughs> Look, I don't know if you can ever really say and, and count Bill Belichick out, but, like, if you start looking at teams that had a questionable pick, that pick was was very questionable. Uh, you know, Cole Strange, you know, taking a, a older prospect, 24 years at a guard from a smaller school. You know, he's a guy that was, like, late second round, early third round on, on most scouts and evaluation boards. So that was one of the ones that that's a head-scratcher. But with Bill Belichick's, like, success over the last few years, it's really hard to question him. But it's not always been smooth, smooth sailing for the Patriots as far as the draft goes. Scott, what'd you make it with the Giants did? Picks five and seven. We already mentioned the Jets. They had a really good night to trade back in for Jermaine Johnson. The Giants have been, you know, pretty much inept at this draft stuff for a while with Dave Gettleman, a uh, new GM in there. Now, what'd you make of what they did with uh, Thibodeau and Neal? Look, I think a lot of the stuff with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau was, was really overblown. The funny part of it is, I think, in, in the end, I think he really wanted to be in New York, whether it be with the Jets or the Giants. That's the market. You start looking at, you know, these, these new-age college players that are coming off of NIL deals and, and things like that. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau is just in the mold of a Juju Smith-Schuster. He's, you know, on social media. He's got other interests outside of football. So, I think a lot of it was overblown, and I think the Giants absolutely got a steal there as far as, like, upside with Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, let's flip it to the sec second round tonight and some of these over-under numbers that are available. Uh, everybody's interested in the quarterback, Malik Willis. That number is sit at sitting at 35-and-a-half, and, and Mafe 37-and-a-half, uh, Moore 39-and-a-half, Kyler Gordon 36-and-a-half. Many thought he would go last night. And if you look at other QBs, they got Corral mid-50s, Howell mid-60s, 
many expect us to start to see some uh, run, running backs go off the board. Anything that you're honing in on as far as over-unders? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I think uh, one of the other players, uh, you know, that had an expected draft position that I had in my mock draft, and you look at the importance of the position, uh, I, I think Pickens there from Georgia, you know, as far as the wide receivers go, his uh, expected draft position was sitting at 40. His over and under right now is sitting at 46 and a half. He's a player that I think you could see come off the board. I, I like the under on that at minus 30. Kyler Gordon at, at 39 and a half is sitting at minus, minus 130 as well. I think those are two players that you would see. And then, uh, you know, look, there's there's a little bit deeper play with uh, McCreary, the cornerback out of Auburn. He's sitting at 52 and a half. I would expect him to come off the board before that as well. With the uh, Marquise Brown and A.J. Brown trades and all the wide receivers um, in the first round, how does that affect the market for Debo Samuel, or does it not even matter because John Lynch ain't letting him go anywhere? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think it's going to take a, a huge deal, and, and I don't know that the 49ers are going to be willing to take draft picks that they're uh, kind of looking at for next year. I, I don't think any of these, like, second and third round packages are – are really going to get it done. And really, you're going to have to find a team that has the cap space available to go ahead and, and take Debo Samuel and sign him to an extension very similar to what you saw last night with A.J. Brown. Carolina is one of the teams that could handle that, but I, I see them being in the market for a quarterback. There has been some loose rumors out there that there's a possibility you could see a tandem deal with Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, Debo Samuel, but that's something that would just be a huge blockbuster deal, so I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. So I, I think uh, the 49ers are actually going to end up holding on to Debo Samuel. The the reports came out that they are open to to basically, you know, fixing that relationship. And I, I think in the, in the end, you're going to see Debo ended up playing with the 49ers this year. Scott, what something we learned last night that you learned that we could take forward, move, bet in the draft the rest of this weekend, but even next year into the first round, it seemed like the information that came in late was really the, the key information. And uh, some of the props, I mean, Joe mentioned it uh, from the start of our show, there were a lot of easy winners last night. I mean, that, that you mentioned the nine trades, five and a half was the number. I mean, it seems like uh, there, there was something, a couple of things there last night that we might be able to take away for future years. What stood out to you that from a betting perspective, we could look at and say, you know what, let's remember that next time. Yeah, I think from the betting perspective, uh, you can really start to kind of link some of the uh, some of the news that came out with specifically these new new GMs. Uh, I'm talking with Nick Casario in Houston and Fontenot there in Atlanta. I was pretty honed in on both of those teams, specifically going with uh, Derek Stingley and uh, and Drake London there at eight. Uh, I actually got that at plus 550 and was able to hit on that. Um, so I, I think you can kind of start going back. And if you, if you, you know, play it a reverse process, you look at the information that came out, look at who reported that information, and you connect that to GMs and you use that going forward in your process for next year when you're trying to link up some of these teams and picks. All right, let's hit on uh, the next player at any of these given positions to be bet on. What we're seeing is some big favorites. So the next quarterback, you see Malik Willis at minus 550. First running back, Brees Hall, minus 270. Trey McBride, minus 450. 
So as betters, we take a look at that and say, okay, wow, is there a chance that the next quarterback running back tight end, it's somebody other than the heavy favorite on the board? Yeah, I think one of the people you could you can maybe look at is Desmond Ritter. I think he could maybe jump Malik Willis. There's rumors that Seattle was interested in him and was possibly thinking about moving up. He's been linked to Atlanta. Um, Malik Willis is still the heavy favorite, so I wouldn't even recommend betting that. The other one I think that you can really look at, there are some teams that I'm getting information about that are higher on Kenneth Walker than they are on Brees Hall. As of this morning, Kenneth Walker sitting at plus 200 to be the first running back selected. I think there's a little bit of value if you wanted to go ahead and place a wager on that, and those would be the two positions. A lot of the numbers and a lot of the lines have really tightened to where there's not a whole lot of value left on there. And then, look, there, there are two other bets that I, I really like that I think you could, you could go ahead and do. Um, Jordan Stout, uh, the kicker punter out of Penn State, uh, he's sitting at plus 300 to be the first special teamer uh, taken off the board. And then, look, a, a super long shot bet. I think you can go with uh, the Rams losing their long-time punter, Johnny Hecker, and, and you can go bet them at, at nice odds to go ahead and, and select a, a, a punter or kicker special team player as the first player they select. Love it. Love the long shots. Are there any, is there any value when you look at the next or the team to draft Malik Willis? Is there any team you like there that has some value? Uh, it's all over the place. Uh, I want to say the Saints and a couple of other teams, but uh, I, I would maybe look towards Seattle. I think Seattle would probably hold the most value. And then another team that I think if you can find the number to go ahead and bet, I still have Tennessee linked. I think they're going to go ahead and draft a quarterback from here, here on day two. Or, and I, I think that's another team that you could possibly look at to go ahead and move up and grab one of these guys as well. Christian Watson is an interesting one, uh, Scott, for me. You know, there were some mocks that he was in the first round. He's obviously still there. Uh, seeing his number at 42 and a half heading into the second round. What, what do you think about Christian Watson and how long till we, we think we might hear his name? I, I think that number sits about right. I think he should be one of the next 10 players. You look at the athletic measurables and the testing that he had there at the combine. The big knock on him is that he comes from a small school and what level of competition did he play with? But you start looking at some of the other things he did in the return game and some of the touches that he got specifically running the ball with handoffs and jet sweeps and things of that nature. And I think you're going to see, you're going to find a, a team that values him. And look, we talk about it every year. I don't know what the hell Green Bay is doing and not getting Aaron <laughs> Rodgers any 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 help and uh you know typically they've gone like they've had success with wide receivers on day two they were linked to, to christian watson and both pickings on uh day one i think they're a team that could move up and, and draft one of those guys here on day two well speaking of getting uh the quarterback some help the bears are sitting there at 39 and i i believe you were kind of alluding to george pickens possibly going to the bears at 39 when that number is now in the mid-40s. What are you expecting from the Bears? Uh, they've got 39 and 48 coming up tonight. I think Bear, the Bears have a lot of needs. I think along their offensive line is a, is a huge need, as well as the wide receiver position. The the thing that really bothers me the most about that team is they are they are just not setting up Justin Fields to be successful. You know, they, they lost. They lost Allen Robinson there in the offseason. I think they, they grossly misused him last year. So I, I would see them definitely going at, at either wide receiver or offensive line here with their picks. Any final thoughts? Um, about a minute left as we head into day two of the draft. Any bets that you like that we didn't get to or any advice? 
you know, I, I think when you start looking at these first 10 picks, I think the same thing that holds true there at the end of the first round is going to hold true here. You're going to start seeing the cornerbacks, the quarterbacks, and the wide receivers here within these next 10 picks. Um, another guy that I kind of like the odds on uh, is I would be on the lookout for Logan Hall uh, this morning. I think he's around 30, over and under at 37. I think that line might have actually moved here to around like 35 and a half. I would expect him to be one of the top players picked here in this in the second round. Scott, always appreciate hopping on. Scott Smith, Action Network, Fantasy Pros, Mock Draft Database. He was in the Roman Guest Line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care, ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort of privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash BetQL. Uh, a lot of great information there from Scott, just like last week when he gave it to us. He's given out special teamers that could get picked first here. The Ritter thing is interesting, that he could be the next quarterback, not Malik Willis. I, I mean, feel better because that's something we were talking about, a quarterback, a cornerback, wide right. receiver run here early uh, tonight. Yeah, and, and the, the Bears, ripping the Bears there for not helping out Justin Fields, which you've been saying. It's just it's weird. It's, just, it's an odd offseason for that team. On the other side, we'll hit some baseball. Tonight's card Aaron's hitting home run props left and right now. A lot to do here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.